the blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast from Our Past podcast. We're the podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more. All from things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. And I'm Adam. And today we have another album review for you. This one's going to be interesting because I picked a band that I'm sure the vast majority of our listeners have probably never heard of. Yeah. I kind of got a little, maybe a little bit of an interesting story as to why I picked this one. Uh, today we are going to be discussing the band Die Totenhosen, who is a German punk band. Uh, and their English language album, Love, Peace, and Money. Adam, I probably mentioned this band to you before, but do you have much knowledge of it? Uh, my entire knowledge of D. Totenhosen came from you telling me that you had listened to D. Totenhosen. Um, I mean, before. <laughs> like, I did recognize, and I'll mention it, two of the songs, because I think maybe you played them at some point back in the day okay. for me. Uh, but overall, like my only knowledge of them is because you had talked about them, you know, in the past and stuff like that. You know, this is a band that you had listened to. So a little bit of a backstory as to how uh, this album got to be on this episode. When I was in high school as a freshman in high school, we had, and by we, I mean someone at our school, had a German exchange student named Felix. I still remember his name. I don't remember his last name. Um, I do remember that he was my age, but when he came into our educational system, he was a senior. Okay. So he, he was already smart enough to be a senior in high school. Very cool. Um, which either, I'm not sure if that said something about how smart he was or how poor our education system was <laughs> in the U.S., um, but uh, he was in our marching band, uh, which is something obviously they don't have really over in uh, in Germany. So he was uh, he was participating in that. He played trombone. Okay. If that helps, Adam. Cool. I remember that. That's cool. Um, and he was really cool and funny and charming, and we loved and we we all loved him very much. And he taught a few of us how to sing a song called "Eiske Kutter Bambalunder," which is a song by Die Totenhosen. Okay. It's not on this album. It's actually on an album on another album. I forget the name of the original album, but the one that he referenced was their uh, was a best of album called uh, Reich und Sexy. Yeah, Reich und Sexy. That sounds right. Uh, Rich and Sexy, and uh, which was not an album that I could get. Mm-hmm. Um, and. For the longest time, I would look. I would go to the import section to look to see if it, if they had any D. Totenhosen. And at some point, uh, it was probably maybe my junior year or possibly even my senior year, I found Love, Peace, and Money. Origin- I recognized the name, and I always remembered the song. I don't think I could sing it. It's sort of played off. Ice Bumalunder is actually kind of played off like a, a funny like bar song. And in the song, it gets progressively faster and faster and faster and faster to the point where it's not humanly possible to actually sing it. Okay. But I found this one, and so it became one of my favorite albums to listen to. Um, the band itself uh, has been around for quite a while. In fact, 1982 is when they started. They're still around today. They're still putting out new music. In fact, probably my favorite song of theirs actually came out in like 2014. Oh, wow. uh, to, okay. uh, called, uh, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, Under the Vulcan, Under the Clouds. Okay. Is uh, how it is. Uh, I had I actually had to have somebody translate that for me. Um, thankfully, uh, one of my best friends is actually German. And so anytime I have questions about German language music or something like that, I will often uh, send her texts or emails saying, would you translate this for me? Yeah. So the the band's been around for a long time. They were huge in Germany in the 80s. Um, They were uh, big in the punk scene. And you'll find out very quickly that the lead singer, when he sings in English, kind of has a little bit of a 70s British punk vibe Mm -hmm. to his sound, which is not not understandable, especially if the the band started in 82. 
Uh, some of those guys, uh, like the Clash and the Sex Pistols and stuff like that, would have been just a few years removed from their scene in the mm-hmm. late 70s. Um, so, anyway, that is how I came to know the band. And eventually I did find, uh, I actually, in L.A., and it might have, I can't remember when, I just remember being in college or after college. I swear it was in L.A., I could be wrong. Uh, I was at like a Tower Records or something like that. And in the import section, I found uh, Recon Sexy, and I was able to, to nice. buy it. Nice. Okay. So, uh, interestingly enough, the the uh, on the album, they actually released this specifically for the Japanese market. Yeah, I saw, I saw that because I saw the cover. <laughs> the cover <Yes>. on. <laughs> which the cover art is actually a play on their cover art for Recon Sexy, which is the band and a bunch of women sitting around topless. Yeah. Which you could do that because uh, it's Europe, but yeah, not in America. It was Europe. <laughs> Um, and so they did it for the Japanese market. So it's them in Japanese makeup. It's a little, it's it's a little rough to watch now. Yeah. Um, oddly enough, most of the, most of the women in that photo are not Japanese because they couldn't find enough Japanese women to pose topless. That's very funny. So they had to just put some of them in makeup. Um, but the version I had did not have any of this because you can't release that in the U.S. market, and it was just a kind of red. Uh, background with a skull and crossbones in the back, and just the words "De Toten Hosen, Love, Peace, and Money" in yellow print in the front. Oh no! Don't show a nipple. It's the worst I, thing ever. I know. I know. So unfortunately, I don't have the uh, the Japanese album cover of mm-hmm. that. But so this one became a, an album that I was listening to pretty regularly. It was on a regular rotation, and every so often now, I still kind of go back to it just to kind of spoil thoughts on that on mm-hmm. the end. So I'm definitely interested to hear, you know, your uh, impression of some of these songs as we go okay. through this album. <clears throat> All right. So this is Love, Peace, and Money is a English language version of some of their most well-known songs. So it's basically a greatest hits yeah. translated into English. Um, it was... Uh, originally released in 94, the U.S. import wasn't released until 95, um, and it was released on Virgin Records, he- at least here okay. in the U.S. Uh, it was uh, produced by the man itself and a guy named John Caffrey. I was not able to get any information on him. Gotcha. Adam, any interesting facts you were able to see on this one? Uh, a couple things. The the album charted only in the German charts, even though it's an international American one. Uh, it only right. charted number 25 in the German charts. And the band De Totenhosen translates to the dead pants. And that's kind of yes. funny. Yep. But apparently, figuratively, it kind of means something similar to like uh, the deadbeats kind of thing. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, the personnel on this uh, was a man named, he goes by Campino, is his professional name, but his real name is Andreas Freig or Fregi. I'm not really sure how his, the German pronunci- pronunciation mm-hmm. would be. Uh, he is the vocalist. He's basically been the front man for the entire time. Uh, Andreas von Holst on guitar. Michael Breitkopf on guitar. Andreas Murr, Murr, maybe? Murr, that Murr, looks yeah. better, on bass. And Wolfgang Rode on drums. Uh, all right, Adam, anything else you want to add before we jump into this album? Um, no, like pretty much. I, I didn't have much knowledge on De Totenhosen other than I remember it's a silly name for a band, <laughs> but I like it. And, uh, yeah, solid. Sounds very punk, I think. It does sound very punk. All right. Well, we're going to start off with, I think, what was actually one of their biggest hits in German, uh, one of the ones that they're most well-known for, and that is a song. And I'm just going to give the English ones unless I feel like I need to talk about the translation. Uh, But it was called The Return of Alex. Hey, 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 
Um, so it actually starts off with an excerpt, I believe, uh, the music nerd that I am. It is the second movement of Beethoven's Ninth Symphony is okay. the beginning of that. Um, and then you get this kind of yell into a song, kind of punky, 80s rock feel. And immediately if you're listening to it, I got to say, you hear it and you go, wow, that guy's British. Because mm-hmm. he sings very much yeah. with a British accent. Um, but I would also and I would also contend that he's they're they're translating this into English and so he's emulating the bands that I'm sure were an influence to him and if that's stuff like the Sex Pistols and the Clash, you're gonna kind of sound like them, which is also why a lot of British rockers of the sixties and seventies sounded American because they were listening to a lot of American blues and R and B stuff. And so they're kind of probably emulating the style they want. And so if, if British punk is the style you want, you're going to emulate that in, in your singing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, or, and I, I, maybe that's just how his accent naturally translated to English. I don't know. Um, but I would guess the former. Okay. The song, it's, it's fine. It's never been one of my favorite ones on this album, but I think it's a good way to start off the album. Yeah. Especially granted that this is a, a compilation. Uh, so this is actually one that I recognized mm-hmm. um, once. Once he got to the you know the chorus, the "Here Come Alex," or he did the you know they're singing "Here Comes Alex," right? Um, but now this is definitely one I was like, okay, this is this is probably their their biggest hit. This is one that I I knew of. I'd heard somewhere, and mm-hmm. I, I assumed it was from you playing it at some point. Right. Uh, I might have heard it. So. Um, Honestly, it might have been even more recently. You might have played it in the car or something while we were driving around, just you know, maybe over like the last like five, ten years or something. It's um, possible. I can't, it's possible. Um, but yeah, but I, I like this one. I think this is a solid. I get a very, I get very anthem vibes to this one. Like yeah. I can, it, I kind of imagine in my head, you know, them playing in a concert venue, and then everybody goes, "Here comes Alex!" Like all together, <laughs> like the crowd would really fucking get into it. Yeah. So I um, like it. It's kind of, you know, it's simple, but like any punk rock band is says simple music. Usually, you know, right. the stuff's never too intense, but I, I, this was um, for me, it's one of my two favorites. I'm not sure if it's number one or number two, but it's one of my two favorites. Okay. On, on the album. Cool. I can handle that. Oh, and also I can't, did you mention that, uh, uh, that the main kit, so this comes from a concept album. Did you say that? No, I didn't. Oh. I didn't. T- I haven't. I didn't know whether or not to talk about where the, the which albums they came from. Well, but if you've got the info, go ahead and throw it in. I only have it for this one because I could find okay. that out. This one came from a concept album that they were doing, uh, and this kind of centered around this character Alex, and it was a reference to uh, Alex, the main character in A Clockwork Orange. So, ah, so okay. they're kind of nodding to him, and I guess they're kind of maybe like continuing the tale of Alex from Clockwork Orange. That's that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's move on to the next one, which the uh, German title does not, they didn't directly translate. The one, do you have that info in front of you? Because I'm, I'm afraid that of That says, alles wird gut, which means everything will be good. Yep. Uh, but in, in English, they just called it year 2000. Today I saw a familiar face across the city streets. Sitting in the doorway with a blanket round his feet At first I didn't place him the way you often do But last time I'd seen him, he sat next to me at school It was a brave assumption to make when they when they recorded this. I think in like uh, eighty nine ninety or something like that. Uh-huh. A very hopeful song, to be honest. <laughs> I actually took it on the other route where they were being basically that they were being sarcastic as fuck. That's okay, what, that's what I thought that they were kind of um, basically saying like, yeah, in this, you know, because and, and I'm sure you remember back in like the day yeah, in that like early nineties, like late eighties, whatever. There was this mentality that after the year 2000, we're going to be in this futuristic utopia. Right. And, you know, I, I think this was them kind of 
talking about that and being sarcastic saying, no, nah, man, nothing's going to fucking change. It's all, it's all <laughs> bullshit. But they're, but they're singing like the hopeful side, but I, in right. my head, I think they were just make they're joking about it. Yeah. Uh, I, this one, you know what, you mentioned it for the first one has a little bit of anthemy vibes. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I can also see like, you know, people shouting in the year 2000. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Year, particularly year 2000. They would all do that together. Yeah, they're doing a really good job of really kind of hyping up the parts of the the chorus that they they would want the audience, you know, like yeah. uh, driving along one. Uh, you know, good punk song. I I really throughout this album, I really kind of enjoy the guitar work that they do in this. The licks mm. are fairly, I think, are pretty creative. Um, I I gotta say, it's it's weird because um, Campino's voice is harsh. It's it's like he's not quite exactly on pitch all the time, but it works with a punk band because that was you know if yeah. you go back and listen to some of those stuff like like the Sex Pistols and the Clash, they weren't always like perfectly on pitch all the time. No, definitely and not. It, and to me, part of the punk vibe is it's not about that. It's not about how perfectly good the, the you know the the music is so much as the message. Mm-hmm. And I I think. Uh, I think they've got that part down here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I felt like I had heard this song before somewhere. Uh, so another one kind of that had some some kind of hint of nostalgia in there for me. Again, maybe it was you playing it for me. Um, mm-hmm. But I really dug this one. This one was my mm-hmm. second or first, whatever. It's a tie between <laughs> okay. this one and number one on the album. Okay. So it's a good, strong start to the album. Yeah, peaked early, I'll say. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Well, let's go ahead and move on. Let's move, Adam. Let's move on to a love song. Yeah, and the next one, which is called "All for the Sake of Love." I'm gonna bring the final curtain down I need to show how much I love you I need to prove my heart is true I'm gonna show the world how much I love you, girl I'm gonna kill myself for you You know what? I think when I first heard this one and you listen to it, like, oh, it's kind of a weird like love ballad mm-hmm. uh, to be happening with a punk band. And then you kind of get to the twist at the end of the chorus. Oh, maybe I wasn't paying attention. I was not paying attention. Uh, let's see if I can remember. Like, you know, he talks about, uh, you know, loving this person and, and not being able to see him. And the very last words of the chorus are, I'm going to kill myself for you. Oh shit! <laughs> wow. And then, uh, and then, uh, when you get to the very, very end, the last chorus, the very last thing he says is, "I'm gonna kill me and you." And then you hear three shotgun shots <laughs> in a row. Uh, I was, I was busy. I was, I was kind of maybe rushing this album, and I actually had to start like this song or the next one over multiple times because I was trying to do dishes quickly and some other stuff <laughs> while I was also listening to this to this uh-huh. was right around this time. Um, and so I totally missed that. Uh, okay, I like that. I, th- I like <laughs> the black humor of that, if you will. Yeah, it, it's, it's almost a Weird Al-esque dark humor yeah. turn in the song, except for not as much of, of like the weird out there stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but it is very much kind of a sappy love song until you realize that he's talking about killing himself for the one he loves, and then in the end he just kills them both. Yeah, um, I li- I like that twist. Uh, overall, the song though I don't remember like particularly grabbing mm-hmm. me, not loving it all all that much. And I think if you had paid attention enough to hear the twist, it might yeah. have helped elevate yes, the song. A it little would bit. have absolutely. Um, and and I I I agree. Uh, I I think that's the part that that make the twist is what makes the song here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very, very simple ballady thing. And um, you, I mean, you mentioned earlier, like, yeah, what is this ballady kind of thing going on in a punk band? But when you listen to the rest of this album, it actually fits. That is, that is part of their style. They definitely yeah. have more like this. Yeah, they absolutely do. Um, 
And speaking of love songs, let's move on to the next one, which is called Love Song. So this one was kind of an insta skip for me when I was mm-hmm. younger. Um, I really like the driving guitar going on here and the beat, but the rest of the song really has never done too much for me. Yeah, I, I like that it you know picked up uh, some of that little bit harder punk style than the song before it. Right. Um, so I was enjoyed kind of getting back into that, but yeah, I wrote the song is fine though. It's not It didn't grip me like the first two did, honestly. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what I've kind of always felt mm-hmm. particularly about this, uh, about this song. Um, all right, well, we'll just go ahead and move on from this one to the next one, which I actually, they released, I think two singles off of this one. I think the first one was the return of Alex. Um, and the other one was this one called sexual. To romance and no wedding bells, dear. That's not what I have in mind. Sexual, it's only sexual, it's nothing else at all. Just animal pleasure. So, a couple things I like about this song and a couple things I don't like about this song. Um, one, again, I really am digging on the guitar riffs mm. that they're creating for this stuff. I, 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 I know it's very, there's, there's, I mean, it's distorted. It's a little flangery that I, I so I think they're adding that in, but it's, it's kind of working. Also, uh, in the beginning, um, Campino starts off in a much lower register. Yeah. And I actually get kind of what we'd call goth rock vibes out of okay. this. So like maybe some Sisters of Mercy uh-huh. style, stuff like that. And so I, I actually enjoy that change. I didn't care so much for the chorus or the hook and, you know, the whole, it's sexual. Yeah, that was my it, least favorite part of it. It didn't song. really do much for me. And maybe that is an issue in translation because um, in a lot of cases – I'm probably going to prefer a version of the song that feels more true. And in this case, the German version might be. I actually have not listened to the German version, so I'm Mm -hmm. not sure. Um, But I listen to this one sometimes. Like, this song, generally, I get about halfway through and then I push forward because I like hearing the licks and I I like what they're building in in the song. I just I I'm not big on the 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 lyrics and and the chorus. Yeah, I um I honestly like wrote down not bad, just eh. Like the song just <laughs> ended up being eh for me, and I kind of already written down here. Like honestly, I'm thinking to myself, did this album peak uh, early with those first two songs, and now it's kind of already going stagnant to me, you know, already. And um, so I'm already into that mindset. Just just as a heads up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, all right, well, let's go ahead and move on to the next one, which is actually a cover uh, of a guy, by a guy named Johnny Thunders, who was actually with the New York Dolls, who are a legendary New York punk band. Okay. Um, and so I can't, I didn't actually look up, bother to look up to see if it was a song that was released by the New York Dolls or just by Johnny Thunders himself. Uh, but it's called Diary of a Lover. Oh, was it Yeah. 
I never listen to this song. It, I don't like it. It's slowed down again. It got like that ballad style, kind of similar to the other one. It's definitely mm-hmm. one we done. And I wrote down just just not loving this one. It's 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 either it's eh and even below eh. Yeah, it yeah. it might be my least favorite song on the album. Fair. To be honest, yeah, I think I think I'd probably agree with that. All right, we're just gonna push past that <laughs> plow, one. Plowing through. Well, you know, <laughs> punk is known for having short songs. Wham, that is bam, true. You go through, so sometimes we have to have wham bam quick reviews. Yep. I mean, sometimes you just know. Yeah. Uh, and the next one, uh, which in German was just called Kaufmisch, which means buy me, but for the English translation, they had to put put your money where your mouth is parenthetical buy me. Yeah, I don't know why they did that. I know I'm always on your mind There's nothing you can do I can make you feel alive If the price is right So let's put the seal on this little deal And I'll be yours tonight So put your money where your mouth is I know what's best for you Just cough it up and let's get started Okay, again, a couple things I like about the song, a couple things I don't like about it. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I feel like we, we've got another little bit of a of a style change mm-hmm. in almost kind of a new wave sound. And almost got maybe new wave punk. So not quite as punk, but more a kind of 80s new wave. And again, I, I kind of like the the guitar sounds. I'm the one of the bad things here, I'm starting to notice a pattern with Campino's melodies. Oh, okay. He's structuring a lot of melodies very similarly from song to song. Now, granted, these are all coming off of different albums. And so I'm I'm sure if I would listen to one that was just a regular album release, I may not hear that. But in some of the, all these ones that are hits, I'm actually starting to notice structural similarities and how he's finishing out some of his lines. Where I'm like, I've already heard this a hundred yeah. times already. <laughs> yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I I do feel like the second half of this album does feel very repetitive to me, and that mm-hmm. probably could be the same exactly what you're talking about. It's just like okay. Eh. Um, I did like that this song picked things up a bit, and so mm-hmm. um, I liked aspects about the album. I feel like it was a nice. I, I felt it felt like it was a bit of a push on capitalism um, and mm-hmm. all the buying and whatnot, just in general. So right. I like that. I mean, that's a punk thing to to sing about. Yeah, absolutely. So, so overall, I enjoyed the song, but I definitely understand what you're talking about. Uh, all right, let's move on to another one, which is called, and I, we're hearing this word a lot. Which is probably why they put it in the title of the uh, album. Uh, Love is here. They're passing where I stand with letting slip in sweaty hand. I let out to confident cheer. have to admit when i was a teenager it took me longer than i care to admit to realize that this song was about a racehorse oh i didn't know that's cool you have to really you have to listen to it uh more carefully because love is here is the name of the horse oh okay uh in fact a little later in the song there's a little thing where it's a racing announcer doing the end of a race uh, you know, like love is here. It's coming around the track, and blah, 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 and then the horse loses, uh, and the rest of the the last little bit of the song is him complaining about the horse losing and him losing his money. The whole thing is about basically gambling on ho- on horse racing. Okay, that's cool. I like this one, man. It it, it picked up. Um, it 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 just I dug it. I dug this song. Yeah. It had all the right the kind of the the catchiness and and some some good speed and good punk it, vibe. 
yeah, good pun. It starts with a really cool, I think, guitar lick. I like that. And it comes back a few times. It, it The energy pushes all the way to the end. It's not terribly long. It's almost three minutes, but, you know, a little mm. over two and a half minutes. So it, it it it's short, but it's high energy all the way through. And it is definitely a, a good uh, good change. And it's always actually been one of my more favorite ones off this album. Yeah, I, it definitely this would, this would probably be probably my number my third favorite yeah some of these i think you're gonna have to go back and re-listen because you really have to listen to the words in some cases and this is another one yeah i was distracted i had a, <laughs> a friend's wedding last night um and then at after the wedding we did an after party at my place um which you know uh i, I had to pick up from and then also right. listen to this so I, was, I was honestly picking up the house while i was listening to the album in the background trying to like oh he writes some notes while i'm like cleaning up the house right so. of course yeah, so that was that was my my fault. Was uh was your wife uh, privy to listening to the stuff, or was it all like in headphones? She was she was in the crawl space doing some work, so oh. no, she wasn't really listening. <laughs> she, okay. she wasn't around. I can see her going, "What is this crap?" Yeah, probably. She probably would have said that right. if she was listening. All right, well, let's go on to the next one, which is called "More and More." I think this is one that I didn't listen to as much as a kid, but musically I appreciate it a lot more now. This is another one that gives me the sort of Sisters of Mercy, goth rock vibes. Yeah, I got like almost like mid to late 80s rock kind of stuff in there. But yeah, but probably yeah. like that Sisters of Mercy is is a perfect way to put it. And it's it's a slow burn. I think the song takes a while to pick up. But you know what? When I was listening to it at first, I'm like, oh, this is going to take forever. And then I just kind of let it go. And I actually really kind of enjoyed it. It's not, it's not like, obviously it's not high energy. It's not one of my more favorite ones. Okay. But it was one where I was like, I can get through this one fine. And I, I really kind of enjoyed it. It was a lower one for me. Mm -hmm. um, probably because it came off of two that I liked. The last two that I liked it. I was like, okay, I'm picking up again. And then it, I felt this kind of, you know, just kind of squashed me a little bit. You know, it's not bad, <laughs> but just kind of was lacking. All right, moving on to the next one called My Land. So definitely a political message, I think, here. Mm -hmm. And this one, overall, though, for me, this song has always kind of just been, eh. Yeah, I, I honestly, when it first started off, because it started off like an acoustic guitar or something, yeah. a little, some, a different sound, I was like, okay, they're kind of mixing something up. And then it ended up just, just falling into the eh pool. Yeah. Absolutely, by the end. Not much of a change. Uh, I, you know, probably, I didn't listen too much to the message. I probably should have, because it just yeah. kind of, it seems like maybe kind of a political anthem type song. Um, so, which I can appreciate, you know, I get a sort of damn the man type thing. This, this is our land. You're not going to take it from us. But, uh, in fact, actually the, uh, the, the German title of the song is Willkommen in Deutschland. Yeah. So I can, I can see that as, you know, like this is our, this is our land, you know, don't. Yeah. so, but, um, yeah, it's always kind of been me. Yeah. Just me. All right. So we're going to go on to the next one, which. Actually, it's weird because it does not appear on my um, the list I'm looking on of the songs in this album. It doesn't appear in this list, which oh, means somebody okay. messed up, or possibly that the uh, that the U.S. import had a different list than maybe the Japanese import. Oh, it's possible version. Um, but this one 
was not translated into English. This is the only German language song on there and is called Wunsch dir was. always liked this one first of all because it was the only german language one on here yeah and so you can really hear i think uh campino's more natural singing style it sounds right i'm not gonna lie it sounds yeah. much more right him singing english just doesn't feel right yeah or not not because not i know him. it just there is a sound quality where him singing english doesn't work as well right well i think one is he's in his natural accent so everything just feels yeah. more natural Two, with with the english translations i think he really is trying to kind of put out that sort of uk british one mm-hmm. and so i don't i'm not sure his english and I, I don't i'm sure he probably speaks english now most i think a lot of germans do now um, plus an international band who's who's going around it probably has you know those guys have learned english at this point um if he is emulating the the british stuff it may not feel as natural to him to sing like that yeah so uh this one um, I've always I love that intro. I love the kind of the kind of boys choir into a real big drive and bon, dun, bon, yeah. dun, 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 dun. Yeah. that really works for me. And even the drop off it into uh, right before the verse start, you know, when the first verse starts and then it kicks back in. I like that. This is has always been one of I don't know if I would if, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to pick a favorite song off this album, but this song is definitely always been up there. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I did, from just listening to what you played, I, I'd like this. I dug this. I would have enjoyed that. And I do think, you know, if there's anything I get out of this, it's, I probably need to go listen to their German stuff and I right. think I'd like it better. Right. Well, like, as I said, my favorite song from this band, um, is one that they sing in German, mm-hmm. uh, under der Vulcan. And I'm, I had to have somebody translate it for me. I was like, I don't even know what this means. Yeah. Um, and apparently it was it was another kind of like political anthem gotcha. sound like hey we all live under the clouds yeah the clouds. like okay. you know said it which is is I think I believe enough togetherness I think is actually a very punk thing mm-hmm. so um, yeah I I'm disappointed you didn't get a chance to really experience this one um, I'm not surprised that Spotify didn't have this one ready but uh, mm-hmm. if you if you happen to find yourself going to find this album and that one's not on there. I recommend you specifically trying to find that song because it's one of my favorites. Okay, can do. All right, let's go on to the next one, which is called Wasted Years. This song's pretty fucking dark. Oh, yeah. I guess I didn't really, again, didn't really listen to the lyrics. Um, my note, my literally my note is, this one's okay, starting to zone out a bit, but I think this one's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's about someone who is like either in a coma or is, oh. is um, has a severe memory loss. <laughs> Basically, they're talking yeah. about how like, Okay. People week. stop coming around, yeah. and like they've been spending all this time trying to help them, and they're like, "Are they viewing it as wasted years being around this person?" And that's that's a that's a tough thing to discuss. Yeah, yeah, but it's I mean, interesting, truthful, but yeah, um, cool. Okay, I, I I can appreciate that. Yeah, I like the opening guitar lick. It's it's very quick. Like I said, um, I'm, I'm not sure which of the two guitarists I kind of came up with each lick, but I have to say I'm generally pretty impressed with the guitar playing in this mm-hmm. band okay so 
Uh, all right, and on to the next one, which is called Perfect Criminal. I woke up to bed On a hospital bed And the white coats say You are next to dead But you're the perfect I like this song. The first like third of the song is the intro, mm-hmm. and it's kind of cool and dark and mysterious. You kind of get that cool dung 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 dung. Again, fantastic guitar work. Even when it even when the punk side of the song kicks in, I love the lick that goes through it. it it's it's a weird subject though because they're it's talking about like you know it's it's a story. It's someone who's waking up in the hospital and they've been basically saved and transformed by an organization because they think they're the perfect criminal and they need them for the perfect crime <laughs> and all this stuff. It's a weird story. I wish, I, I, I kind of wish that the, the lyric, those lyrics weren't done for the song. Cause I think in this case, the music is awesome. Okay. And the lyrics are, eh. yeah, I, I don't really have much to add again. I mean, I'm starting, I, I will say, I am definitely seeing, like, I feel like, yeah, there's like a formula to the songs now. It feels mm-hmm. more and more and more like that. Yeah. Let's head on to the next one, uh, which is is kind of one of my top favorites because of how funny it is uh-huh. in the subject matter, and it's called Love Machine. I know she's got the hearts for me and get back to my car. I know she really wants it back, but when I try to stop, it's just one go. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. yeah, get it. It's funny. Woo. Uh, I I like the sort of like crazy little thing called love style that they got going on at the beginning. Uh-huh. Uh, kind of almost westerny, you know, uh, playing on the rims on the on the on the drum and the kind of boom, bang, 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 bang. And then the funny subject matter. I mean, they don't, they don't shy away. They don't try to make the song anything it's not. It's about a guy who can't get his love machine to go. It's just fucked up. It just won't go. <laughs> <It> just, <laughs> exactly. It's not working. It just won't go. I, and this one, I, I've, I've always enjoyed it just because, uh, honestly, how funny it is. Yeah. It's kind of yeah, unexpected. I, I agree. I, I appreciate it. This is, um, this is a decent song. Um, you know, definitely, yeah, I, I like the humor. I like kind of like the, yeah, that slight change in style, as you kind of mentioned. But, yeah, mm-hmm. it's good. This is a good one. All right, and that finally brings us to our last song on the album called Chaos Brothers. Join us now, it'll be all right. Every day for us is like a Saturday night. We don't care where you're coming from. It doesn't matter what you do. This is the scene where you belong. The rest is up to you. I will say, I think one, I think this is actually a good song to end the album on. Because I wrote that of too. this works as a closer. Sorry. Yes. I apologize. No, it's all right. But also partly because of the message. It's got a great message in the song. It's a we accept everyone. Mm-hmm. And that was actually a big part of the sort of British punk scene in the 70s. Um the British punk scene kind of came up hand in hand with the sort of second wave of ska and reggae. Um, so, uh, in the seventies, there was a lot of people from Jamaica 
who transplanted themselves over to London for jobs, especially actually after Jamaica got its independence from Britain, um, uh, just because they needed there wasn't enough jobs, so they a lot of them moved to London, and the ska scene or the second wave of ska and the British punk scene kind of came up in the same clubs around the same time. So and that's also how we got the kind of the 90s ska scene where it sounded almost like a combination of ska and punk together um, because those two, both of them kind of mishmashed a little and imported to, to the, to basically to New York when we got a lot of those guys moving over to New York. And that's how we got that. The third wave of ska in the nineties is because of that. Okay. Okay. So anyway, back to this song, Um, the whole, like we are the chaos brothers part. I always found a little bit cheesy, <laughs> but the message in the chorus, I like. I like the message, and as, as as we said before, I like that they ended it this way. Yeah, it was a good end to it. Um, it kind of came back to me. It was very anthemy style, kind of similar to the songs that they uh, we had earlier. Um, and so, I, I guess I could see like a crowd working with this song, and 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 you know. And working to end doing doing that. So, um, yeah, this is a solid song to end the album. Mm-hmm. Or did it end the album, John? It did. Oh, in the okay. USA import, there was not the hidden track. Oh, okay. So I didn't listen to it because I was not. I didn't even know there was a hidden track. Okay. Um, but apparently in the Japanese version, there is a one when they re-released it in. Um, I think they remastered it in 2007 and released it, and it actually just gave it its own track. Uh-huh. Um, but I will see if I can find it real quick. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. So, oddly enough, this is my first time hearing that song. Okay, because that was not re- that was not on the U- on the U.S. release, and now I can now I can see why it was not on the U.S. release. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I could just imagine the uh, uh, the the parental advisory pretty much for that song. Yeah. Uh, so that song Guantanamera is like basically like the Cuban patriot patriotic song, uh, the traditional oh, okay. which they play at the beginning, and then they do a playoff of. What it, I guess it sounded like to them in English. <laughs> yes. Which is uh, a cunt in the mirror. Cunt, yeah, as opposed to Guantanamera, it's, yeah, cunt in the mirror. Big hairy cunt in the mirror. <laughs> I see a cunt in the mirror. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I thought it was funny. It was weird. You know, it's something different. And I thought it, I thought it was a funny little, like, um, punk kind of stupid thing yeah. to end the album and or to like to do a hidden track. Right. Um. So, yeah. So I think that's kind of funny. I, I, I dug it. Yeah. Uh, also, just kind of goes to show you what they what they do for imports and stuff, and then maybe why it's important to find different variations of yeah. of your favorite albums because there might be hidden weird stuff like that out yep. there. So, uh, all right, let's uh, let's kind of go into our final thoughts, Adam. I'll let you kind of, uh, especially since you're not as familiar with this one, I'll let you start us off. So yes, definitely uh, my first time listening to this album, um, and I kind of recognized uh, the first two. Um, but I will say re-listening to some of these songs and realizing all that I missed with the lyrics mm-hmm. and how I needed to pay attention to it actually brought up my, my thoughts of the album itself to where, okay, I'm liking it a little bit more and respecting it a little bit more just because of this recording. Okay. Um, so I might need to go back and re-listen to it. I think I, I probably will and just really try to pay attention to what they're saying because I like it. It sounds like some of their lyrics are particularly what made some of these songs good for you. Yeah. And so I want to check that out because I obviously glossed over stuff uh, trying to pick up from last night. So, so yeah, I will overall rate it a little bit higher and say, you know what? 
good stuff. You know, I, I didn't know anything really about the Totenhosen, mm-hmm. but I appreciate you kind of broadening my horizons. Okay. Um, I, you're going to tell, you can probably tell, I really, I really love this album. It has a nostalgic tie to me mm-hmm. more than anything. First of all, any music fan, I think any music fan that has that like one band that nobody else knows about, uh-huh. always kind of gives you that kind of cool nostalgic feel like, oh, I knew about them before anyone else did. Um, yeah. In this case, it was not that case because they were already huge in Germany. <laughs> hmm. um, in fact, when I was in Germany a few years ago, uh, we were at a movie studio. It was actually the same movie studio where we saw the big recreation of Falcor, uh, where they re- oh, okay. where yeah. they recorded Neverending Story as well as um, uh, Enemy Mine. Uh, mm-hmm. They recorded there. Uh, we were standing. We were just standing around in the kind of museum area, and a De Totenhosen song came up and, and played. Okay. And it was funny because I actually had an argument with our tour guide. I was hearing it, and I go, "This is De Totenhosen." And he goes. No, 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 no. I'm like, yeah, I rec. I was like, it was in German. I didn't know the song specifically. It actually, wasn't even one of the ones on this album. But I could hear the sound and the the vocal, and I'm like, it's definitely them. And so he pulled up um, his, uh, you know, what, what, whatever one of those apps are that like Shazam or something that lets yeah, you Shazam, tell. Yeah. And uh, he goes, oh no, no, you're right. I'm like, damn right, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> you got a good ear, John. Yeah. So uh, they're still they're still big in Germany. It's it's a, a bucket list uh, item to be able to go see them in concert. I will probably have to be in Germany to go see them in concert, mm-hmm. um, and be there at a time when I can either arrange it around what I'm doing or go specifically to see them, and then use the rest of the time to go you know visit stuff. I do actually have yeah. a, a friend or two in Germany; would be nice to see. Nice, uh, but uh, I I love this album for its nostalgia. Um, and it's tied to uh, me discovering it in my youth, and I still go back and listen to it. Um, it's not a perfect album. There's a lot of songs I still don't listen to, but I still love it. All right, that was our review of the album Love, Peace, and Money by D. Totenhosen. Please join us next time and grab your favorite drink as Adam and I break down the 1988 film Cocktail, discuss the 80s TV show Cheers, and recast Cocktail using actors of today. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hey everybody, I'm Tim. And I'm Dean. And we're the hosts of Talking Back. We're a retro-based podcast covering movies, comics, video games, and more. Check us out every Monday where we hit the rewind button and dig into some of our favorite content from the past. We like to keep things fun, lighthearted, and informative. Do you feel like you need more nostalgia in your life? Then check out Talking Back. We're available everywhere podcasts are found.